millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. season i don't know about you kartik but this has been a long summer <laughs> yes we've watched the women's euros we've watched uh, mls games brazil aero games uh copa america femenina like a whole bunch of different things but usually in the summertime we always always have a men's tournament that we can look forward to whether it's the the euros or the world cup which it should have been this year uh or, or some other major tournament gold cup etc so without a major men's tournament it's felt different it's felt longer uh but having said that though too um here we are we're getting ready to go into the new season we'll, we'll we will go through uh all 20 teams in the premier league and give us uh give you our analysis and thoughts about these teams uh, but before we start that i do want to mention a couple of things first of all is that we're evolving the podcast uh, we're still going to be talking about the media business uh, but we're also going to be talking more about the games. So this is a perfect example of that, too, where we're talking about the games, the teams, the players, um, the actual football itself, the soccer itself. Now, Kartik, before we start up in, in talking about uh, the previews, any, any any kind of big thoughts about this Premier League season? Is this one going to be any different than, than previous ones in, in your estimation? It very well could be. I think we're looking at a situation where this, uh, this league is... Uh, it's evolving all the time, right? It's it's getting better and better all the time in terms of its. Um, uh, uh, it's just it, it, the bottom of the table becoming maybe more competitive with the top. I think. I think the other thing, though, too. I, I mean, it, tied with that is the popularity of this league. It just seems that it's everywhere. It just seems that you mean no matter where you go, you mean you see people wearing uh, Premier League shirts or, or, of Premier League clubs. It just seems that you can have a conversation pretty much with anyone in this country that's into soccer. And the first thing they mention is the Premier League, which it didn't, it, didn't, it wasn't always that way. Um, I mean, it, it, the success of Ted Lasso is one example. That has really kind of gotten the Premier League more into the minds of mainstream America. Now, now they may not be watching Premier League games at all, but I think a lot of this comes back to NBC Sports and uh, the fantastic job that they've done in terms of more so accessibility, I think, in terms of uh, a proven formula that, that does work. Um, and at the same time, though, too, at the end of the day, for the most part, the Premier League 
delivers in terms of, you mean any Yoko, any weekends going into any weekend in, in the European season, and some people outside of the Premier League get upset and frustrated because no matter what happens in other leagues around the world, some top leagues, it seems that everyone's talking about the Premier League. And I think Kartik, you've you've noticed this too, right? Where you know, what I mean, there's two games on at once. But all of the attention, all of the focus, especially on social media, that's where you see it most, is focused on that one Premier League game instead of the other leagues. Yeah, and it's and it's created this sort of weird um, hostility, right, to the Premier League and this sort of de- defensiveness from of people who, who put other leagues uh, first or prefer other leagues. And I think it's all down to personal preferences. But the other aspect of this I think is really important, Chris, is that I'm seeing more and more uh, fans of Serie A. Uh, that seems to be the league, um, Serie A and La Liga. Those seem to be the two leagues in particular where you see this more than the Bundesliga or Liga. Uh, really trying to poke holes in any sort of promotion of the Premier League or English football to the point where it, it's, it's showing a certain degree of insecurity in, in my estimation. And I've always been in the past someone who felt like um, – Perhaps we were too um, we were too much in this country focused on the Premier League, and there were too many fans of football in this country that weren't f- looking at the continent for better football, understanding what happened on the continent. I still think that's the case in a lot of areas, but um, you're seeing some insecurity and defiance on the other end as well. Yeah, it does seem that uh, the Premier League is a juggernaut. It's one of those things that if you do have a conversation with somebody about soccer, oftentimes it, it is about the Premier League. And then if you do bring up another league, such as the Bundesliga, you kind of get a, a lost look, like the person yeah, knows about Bayern but doesn't really pay attention to the league. And, and, and I mean, we're, we love all leagues. We love all soccer. We watch as much soccer as we possibly can. But in a given weekend, there's only so much time. And oftentimes we find ourselves kind of in terms of the priority list, looking at some of these Premier League games, because again, at the end of the day, most of the games deliver this, whether it's on the pitch or off the pitch, uh, whether it's a moment of magic, it, it is entertaining. And it is one of the best leagues in the world in terms of the talent, the big players. Uh, and you've seen kind of a, a shift more to the UK. And we've seen that also too, in, in terms of the UEFA Champions League. And just how the English teams seem to dominate that competition, even if ultimately they don't always win it. So let's move on to the Premier League preview and look at that in terms of this upcoming season. The way that we're going to do this is we're going to start near the bottom of the Premier League table based on who we believe will get relegated and then move slowly up the table. Now, Kartik and I have not shared our predictions in terms of uh, who we think will get relegated and who who we think will win the title, etc. But Kartik, I want to start with you. I want to get your sense for if you could start off on the first team first, but which is your team that you think is most likely to get relegated this season and why? Um, I guess I would say Bournemouth. I think that they were inconsistent in the championship last year. They got back up under Scotty Parker, uh, but they have a somewhat bloated squad. Believe it or not, you know, you're always talking about teams that come up needing to, to, to reinforce um, 
and enhance their squads. I think in the case of Bournemouth, they've got to shed some players. And there's a mix and match of playing styles in there. There's a, there are guys who were inherited from Eddie Howe and Jason Tindall that play a very... Uh, Howe had been at the club forever, right? So And Tindall had been there with him. They both, both were former Bournemouth players. So um, guys that played one, one style of football mixed with some more pragmatic elements. So I think Bournemouth probably needs to shed some players and then sign a few um, as well. So I, I th- right now I'm looking at them as potentially uh, being 20th. And, and uh, that's that's unfortunate because I, I'm glad to have them back up and was, was disappointed when they went down a few seasons ago. But uh, right now for me, they're the most nailed on team for relegation. Yeah, I'm with you there too. I, I don't think they're going to be the bottom place team, but they will be in the bottom three. It, it's difficult too because they have a tough test at the beginning of the season. So th- their first uh, home match is against uh, Aston Villa. But after that one, which Villa's going to be a tough game anyway, but after that, they face Man City, Arsenal, and then Liverpool. So they've got a really difficult uh, first four games there too. And and with Bournemouth, I was looking, I was doing some research ahead of this podcast. And I was looking at their preseason friendlies that they played. They played a camp in Portugal and they played, I think, Bristol City. So looking at their, they haven't played a lot of kind of high profile friendlies at all. Um, so there's, there's there's a lot of question marks about how this Bournemouth team is going to look like. And like you said, Kartik, too, they have so many players, so many depth uh, a lot of players that they had on loan last year and a lot of players that have experience in the championship but don't necessarily have experience at the Premier League level. So I think they're very untested. I do like Keith, Keith Moore, who uh, should be a, a huge f- a threat up front for the Cherries in terms of a, a tall player, very physical, very talented um, and fantastic uh, in terms of his heading ability. Um, and that will be a good opportunity for Bournemouth. But overall... I'm with you, Kartik. I think this is going to be a really tough season for Bournemouth. So, uh, Kartik, you may disagree on this one. I, and again, we haven't discussed this uh, previously. But the other team that I think is going to be in huge trouble, this is the team that I predict will be bottom of the table. Now, having said that, for both Kartik and I, we're doing this po- uh, podcast previews uh, at the end of July. And the transfer window is still going to be open until September uh, there's a lot can, that can change in the first weeks of the seasons, and it's quite possible too that a lot of our predictions will be way off because a club can bring in a whole bunch of people coming in. The team that I think is currently uh, dead set to finish bottom of this table is Everton. Everton, a team that by 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 a hair stayed up uh, in the Premier League last season, and this is a club that desperately needs uh, new ownership. Uh, new investment to come in to really turn this club around. In the last three years, the club has lost $450 million. Um, A lot of that was some really poor signings. A lot of that was some really, a a lack of um, really kind of a, a, a really kind of set director of football, somebody that had a vision for this club uh, and they've made, made countless mistakes. So they're really in a hole uh, financially and, uh, I mean, if a new investor does come in and starts to spend tens of millions of dollars or you know, some big players to bring in, then there's an opportunity that Everton can turn around and escape the drop. But um, the later that that happens, the harder it's going to be for Everton. Um, I, I think they're in trouble, Kartik, and I'm, I don't have the com- I have I have confidence in Frank Lampard um, in terms of a coach, but 
I don't think he's got what it takes to keep this club up this season, especially losing uh, Richardson. Yeah, losing Richardson is a big, big loss. Uh, the hope is Dominic Calvert-Lewin can regain some of the, the fitness and therefore the form he had uh, the previous several years of, under Carlo Ancelotti and Marco Silva. Uh, that's a big if, right? I mean, Calvert-Lewin looked really off the pace uh, even when he was fit last season. Uh, and uh, so that's, a, that's I think, a pretty big deal, uh, that it, uh, replacing Richarlson. Obviously, Dwight McNeil has now been signed. Uh, two other notes I would say is I – or three other notes. I think Anthony Gordon, let's see if he continues to kick on. Uh, we know the success Frank Lampard had in developing Mason Mount, a similar player at Derby and at Chelsea. Uh, now, Gordon is nowhere near as good as Mount, but can play in kind of similar roles to Mount. So uh, maybe that's something – or maybe he's more of a Christian Pulisic player. Player. We know Pulisic had, had better success under Lampard uh, than he has had under Tuchel or Lucien Favre at, at, at Borussia Dortmund. So his last three managers, I'd say he did the best with Lampard. Um, I think the Deli Ali situation to me is kind of interesting, right? Um, does he kick on? Does he become another Frank Lampard, which we thought he was going to be at, at Spurs, or does he just uh, fade out? And for me, the big. I think- uh, oh, go ahead. No, I think he's done. I think he's done. Done as you mean. He's nowhere near the player that he was, and is is drifting. Yeah, and the other, I I tend to agree. the 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 big thing, the reason why I think Everton might stay up, is the signing of James Tarkowski, who I thought would go to a Newcastle or to an Aston Villa or maybe even a top six side, uh, he will bring a certain degree of leadership, grit, and aerial prowess, uh, both defensively and on attacking set pieces that Everton did not have last season. So uh, Tarkowski was signed down to free. I'm surprised he signed with Everton. He's, he's a Mancunian, by the way. So I think he probably wanted to stay in the Northwest. Uh, obviously, uh, great success at Burnley. So that might have been the deciding factor uh, and that could keep Everton maybe 17th. Uh, I, I tend to agree with you. They're going to be 17th or 18th or 16th or 19th, right? They're going to be in that mix. It's just a matter of whether they're above the line or below the line. I think they might just be above it, and it's because of a free, uh, because of Tarkowski. The only positive thing I can say about Everton uh, so far is that uh, the excellent progress they're making at Bramley Moor Dock, which is their new stadium, which is right alongside the Mersey River. It's it's a fantastic spot. Uh, If you're curious, go check out YouTube and type in Bramley Moor Dock. And it's amazing what they've been doing with that stadium. When it is ready, uh, it will look, I wouldn't say world class, but it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be so much different than the Goodison uh, Park. But um, who knows? By that point, they might be in the championship. So we saw last season so much turmoil. We talked about Everton repeatedly. And I have to say this. um, Maybe I'm too much of a sentimentalist. But financially, this is going to really be a big deal for Everton. And as as you said, they have major financial problems. They've overspent. They've actually, I think their net spend the last uh, several windows has been higher than Liverpool. Their uh, cross-Stanley Park rival, right? Rival from a mile away, believe it or not. Uh, But... I fear, much like we've seen with, with other clubs, that once they leave Goodison, which is just a cauldron, right? It is um, – some people got upset on Twitter when I said it's the toughest place for officials to officiate even in, in England or potentially in Western Europe, um, possibly in Western Europe. It, it is 
it's it's a poison chalice in in a way because I think they're going to lose a lot of that when they move to the new ground, as beautiful as it will be and as much as it will enhance the revenues of the club. All right, Kartik, moving slightly up uh, this uh, Premier League table predictions, what's what's the next team that you think will be in trouble near the bottom or at the bottom? I hate to do this, and I know this is going to set off alarm bells and anger with a lot of American fans. And and, uh, let me preface this by saying when the U.S. job was open, U.S. men's national team job was open in 2017 and 2018, I even tweeted and said publicly on some radio shows there should be one candidate. They only need to interview one guy, and that's Jesse Marsh. I still believe that, but I just think Leeds is in – all sorts of uh, all sorts of problems potentially uh, because they have lost their two best players in Rafinha and Calvin Phillips without really adequate replacements being bought. No offense to Tyler Adams and Brendan Aronson, just not at that same level. And I'm not confident Patrick Bamford's going to make it through the season uh, again. Uh, fitness is an issue for him and. Uh, uh, Chris, hate to tell you this because obviously uh, uh, he's a key to Wales's hopes in, in November, but I don't think Dan James quite has the game to play up top. And even when he's played in other positions uh, last season, played wide, I, I just felt like he was missing something. He wasn't quite the player I expected. Maybe it was a tough move and, and bad circumstance. Maybe he'll be better this season, but um, I'm concerned about Leeds. Yeah, Dan James, I think it was, has always been missing that final uh, touch. That 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 you I mean, he gets in the right positions. He has the speed. He beats the player, but then that last kick. You I mean whether it's a, a shot on goal, a one on one, or a pass, whatever, maybe often fails him. Uh, and maybe maybe there's an opportunity here for him to you I mean work on that and make that uh, the killer. Uh, kind of touch that he needs going into a World Cup where he's going to be on fire. We'll see. It's I think it's down to him more than anyone. But with Leeds, though, I mean, Kartik, you're right. I mean, in terms of the amount of pressure that is going to be on the shoulders of not just Jesse Marsh, but also Tyler Adams and Brendan uh, Aronson, where they are expected to really carry the weight, to really kind of keep this team with just such a huge, uh, massive fan base that's so passionate the Leeds fans will be on their side, but it is it hugely important that these three, this trio, these Americans deliver because if they don't, you can imagine the type of you know, negativity in the British press, uh, on social media from Leeds United fans that might get kind of uh, frustrated. They will give them time, but um, ultimately these guys will either sink or swim. And, and and I think if Leeds go down, a lot of the focus will be on, on the Americans, in quotation marks, uh, copyright uh, Rob Stone. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I think one of my great concerns about Tyler Adams, I, I, I believe he reads the, the game as well as just about any American player we've seen since Michael Bradley in terms of that central midfield position. It, it, I think general uh, in fact when I compared him favorably to Christian Pulisic a couple of years ago saying hey he's a lot smarter as a footballer than Pulisic I got all kinds of abuse from Americans right they didn't want to hear this guy at Leipzig was better than the prodigal son um, but I think fitness issues really are a big deal for Adams and when you go to a more physical situation potentially more physical situation in the Premier League with a club that already has had concerns about several players. Um, one of the 
the things that Jesse Marsh inherited last season was a, a side that was never consistently fit. He could never field the same 11 from match to match. It wasn't just that they were fighting relegation. It was that uh, there is some issue with players they're breaking down. Maybe that gets solved this summer. But I, I don't believe Tyler Adams can stay fit for a full Premier League season. I think he'll probably miss... Uh, a third of the season. That's just my guess. So that's my concern there. Brendan Aronson, I think, is quite good, by the way. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. don't think he's Rafinha. Rafinha is an elite, elite player. So you're going from an elite player to a very good player in a relegation fight. Uh, teams that get relegated have several very good players. Uh, and Aronson would be kind of at the top of the list. He wouldn't be the best player to be relegated from the Premier League in recent years. And, and he certainly... Um, I think will help them, but I don't think he necessarily is a uh, like-for-like replacement, uh, even in the way he plays. So I think that Leeds will stay up, Kartik, uh, but the injury part of it will be key. So if they can uh, reduce the number of injuries in the season, throughout the course of the season, and, and it's tough too because these players play at lightning pace. I mean, it's it's a very physical uh, league but if they can kind of withstand some of these uh, injuries, and, and uh, uh, I think they can stay up by a small margin. However, so uh, so I, I agree with you in terms of uh, Bournemouth going down. Everton, I believe, will go will be rock bottom unless they can get some new ownership in. Uh, the other team that I think will get relegated is Fulham, and I hate to say this, <laughs> I love Fulham. I love I love Craven Cottage. I love everything about this club in terms of the history. Uh, the American owner, the what they've done, and and also even building, rebuilding this Riverside stand, which if you haven't seen it yet, it's not going to be fully opened until uh, next summer. But the lower level uh, will be open for this twenty twenty two twenty three season, and it's just an incredible stand that they built right on the the bank of the River Thames. It, it looks amazing. Uh, everything about this, uh, the stadium, the history of this club, some of the great players, Jimmy Greaves, uh, George Best, Jimmy Hill, many others, uh, and a lot of the Americans, the Fulham Americans have played for this club. Uh, and, and the history of the stands, I mean, I just, I, I just love Fulham. However, I don't, I don't, unfortunately, I don't think they're going to stay up. And again, too, a lot of this comes back to Alexander Mitrovic, who's a player that just like bosses the championship, just like scores goals for fun in the championship and then gets into the Premier League and then just is so frustrated is just cannot get his mojo going. And I think it's key that they they find the goals out of this player. Uh, If they don't, they're going to be in trouble. Uh, First off, Chris, uh, just for uh, American audience. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. McBride or Dempsey? You can only pick one. Who do you pick? <laughs> I think I think Brian McBride. I, I, and I think the reason being, too, you, you have a, a pub uh, at Craven Cottage, named after uh, McBride. You don't have a. There's no uh, Dempsey's pub at uh, Craven Cottage, but you do have a Mc, McBride pub. <sighs> it's a flip of the coin. I think I probably opt for McBride also. And I want to uh, remind listeners this: everything Brian McBride accomplished at Fulham, he accomplished after he was 30. That's how fit that guy was. That's how driven that guy was. And that's ultimately how good that guy was. So when uh, we have U.S. national team fans comparing 19-year-olds favorably to players like McBride and people telling me, oh, well, Brian McBride never played in the Champions League and player X did, uh, he's better, please. So, yeah, I have a a soft spot for Fulham because of McBride, because of Bocanegra, uh, Dempsey, Eddie Lewis, any number of American guys uh, that have played there. And they still have Timmy Ream, who I think, uh, despite getting vilified in the British press, is an important player in that dressing room. Uh, and quite frankly, is a player now that the roster has ta- expanded to 26. I know this won't happen. I would take to the World Cup if I'm Greg Berhalter because you need that leadership. Um, on Fulham, I'm not... Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, this is a team that this is one of the teams in in the Premier League this season. I have the most question marks about because I watched them in the Championship last year. They were miles better than anyone else. They were playing different football under Marco Silva. So I don't think we can judge them by their last two trips up. And I know they've been a yo-yo club and they spent a lot of money uh, it, the first time they came up in this recent iteration. Obviously, they were up for many for 15 years before that. Um, and uh, went right back down, finished 20th or whatever, 19th or 20th. I do think they're a different side this time. And I do think they've made some interesting uh, moves, 
now lately in the transfer market, which I, I, I didn't necessarily expect. It looked like, uh, if anything, they were uh, they were fizzling out, right? They were they were uh, going ahead and mailing it in, uh, Tony Khan and Shad Khan, and now we're seeing, uh, I think, very much a situation where um, you've got a a a club maybe spending late, but spending. Uh, maybe they can get Burn Leno over the line. We don't know about that yet as we record this. Uh, you will know probably when you listen. But they have a couple of interesting uh, moves in the mix. So I, I'm not sure. And in terms of Mitrovic, I think what happened the last time Fulham was up, Chris, is that Scotty Parker... Probably for legitimate reasons. Uh, because he, he felt like they needed uh, a different... Uh, set up right, and they needed a different different style with the kind of players they had to stay up. So we wanted a, 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 a side that was really dynamic and, and moved the ball quickly on counter attacks uh, and used their wide guys very well. Um, I think uh, um, I, I, I think they may be better off this time. I think Mitrovic might be better. I forgot to mention Anthony Robinson. Obviously, he's a core player for the U.S. I was focusing on Timmy Ream, but Fulham America still exists. Babu and Babu signed from Wolfsburg as a player I actually like a lot. I, I, he dropped off like everybody at Wolfsburg last season, but I think that's kind of a steal, and he's going to be able to complement what Robinson does. What Robinson does on the left, he'll be able to complement on the right side. So again, like Everton, we're looking 16th through 19th, in my opinion, for Fulham. I'm not as down on them as you are, but I do realize it's going to be a struggle. I just think Mitrovic is going to be better this year. Maybe that's one of my big calls, one of my hot takes on this pod. I think Mitrovic is going to be better this year than he's been in his last few Premier League stints, both with Fulham and with Newcastle. I think you've got a system that plays to his strengths, and he will score goals this season. Yeah, Shahid Khan, uh, the owner, is a little bit conservative in terms of his spending. I, I think he's looking at this saying, okay, don't overspend. I mean, if we do go down, we've got the parachute payments. We can cash in as much money as we can during the Premier League season. And then next year, we'll, be ha- we'll have an opportunity to build a strong championship squad to com- come right back up if needed. So I think he's a sharp businessman and uh, he's making the right decisions. But uh with the hope, of course, that uh, Fulham will stay up and, and uh, be in the Premier League for uh, many, many seasons and build upon that. But, um, yeah, hopefully we'll get more than one season from Craven Cottage in the Premier League uh, this go-around. So, Kartik, uh so near the bottom, any other clubs that you fear are going to be in the drop zone or uh, just right above it? Who's next? I think it's probably Brentford, Chris. The overriding issue for me with Brentford is that they lost Christian Eriksen and I think there's still some very important pieces there and obviously Thomas Frank had this team playing great football in the championship Uh, they've absorbed big losses before right they've lost the likes of of Ollie Watkins and Ben Arama who who we'll talk about both those guys I'm sure on this podcast uh, with big Premier League sides and and uh, Mope etc but I I just feel like uh, the lack of transfer activity uh, is is going to hurt them this season. Although I have to say, Chris, uh, Ben Mee, former FA Cup uh, youth youth winner at uh, Manchester City, great player for Burnley. I think a big part of the reason Burnley stayed in the Premier League for so long. That's a really good under-the-radar signing. It's going to bring some veteran leadership, some steel into that dressing room, and I think he'll fit well with what um, with what Frank is doing. By the way, he's he's getting his coaching badges right now as we speak. 
Yeah, I think with Brentford too, I mean, they've got a good system in place under the, the manager, uh, Thomas Frank, in terms of uh, well-organized. Uh, they know what their game plan is. Um, you mean, but I think part of the challenge they're going to have is that uh, the new stadium bounce will have worn, worn off. And there's also a lot of question marks about whether um, uh, Ivan Tony will be able to keep on with his goal scoring. But I think, yeah, like you said, Kartik, I really think that losing Christian Eriksen is a huge blow because he was really kind of the playmaker. Um, and, and whether it's set plays, I mean, free kicks or uh, just just clinical passes, uh, I think Brentford are going to be missing out on that. So I think they will have a much tougher challenge this second season than they did uh, last year. Plus, at the same time, too, I think a lot of uh, teams may have underestimated them a little bit last year. Uh, but I think they'll be well, more well prepared to play against them this season. Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.